Hi, everybody. Today, we're taking a break from our normal format because I wanted to share from my heart a couple of transformational truths that connect with what I'm watching so many leaders wrestle with in this season. So in this episode, the two topics I'm going to address is number one, how to revive a dead dream, and number two, overcoming lack. Each of these topics will have its own transformational truth. My hope and my prayer is that this mini episode will serve as an injection of hope and encouragement in what has been a very difficult season for so many. Leader, don't you dare give up. Your best days are not behind you. They're in front of you. And now more than ever, the world needs to experience the gifts and potential that God has placed in your life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Transformational Truths. Today, we're going to talk about how to revive a dead dream. Okay, here's the principle. Dead dreams often come from painful places. Let's dig into it. The cause of death for so many dreams comes from a refusal to deal with old pain. In fact, some of you might be tempted right now to sort of click off and stop listening to the podcast because just the mention of old pain does something inside of us. There's something in, inside of every human being that wants to sort of avoid old pain. But listen to me, there's too much at stake. Don't click off. This podcast is going to be worth it. Because it's not just that we don't like getting hurt. It's that nobody likes getting hurt again. There's an old saying that goes like this. If you burn me once, shame on you. If you burn me twice, shame on me. Now, in some circumstances, that could be true. But when it comes to pursuing your dreams, far too often the problem is not our potential, but our unwillingness to deal with old pain. I believe that some of the best books have never been written, some of the best songs have never been sung. Some of the greatest ministries and organizations were never started because of old, painful places that caused a dream to die for fear of getting hurt again. And this is where the temptation to quit is often the greatest because pain makes quitting look appealing. At first, quitting looks like relief. It sort of feels like an emotional painkiller. So by deserting your dream, you feel like you've escaped the possibility of being hurt again. But here's the reality. You've only traded one kind of pain for another. You're, you're trading the old pain of whatever hurt you with the new pain of giving up on the dreams that God placed inside of you. And the reason quitting seems to offer you this sort of instantaneous but momentary sense of peace is because it creates the illusion of control and control feels safe. All of us like control. The reality, however, is that quitting does not prove you're in control. It only proves that your pain is now in control of you. So how do we resurrect dead dreams? Well, number one, choose wholeness. What do I mean by that? Choosing wholeness means dealing with the pain. Maybe it means forgiveness. 
Forgive yourself or forgive the people that hurt you. I know forgiveness might not change the past, I know, but it will definitely change your future. It also means finding someone to talk to about your pain. Listen, the most productive people I know regularly see someone to help them process their pain. Find a good counselor, find a therapist, someone that's gifted and trained to help people heal from old pain. Number two, reframe how you think about pain. Listen to me for a moment. You've got to choose to view pain as a teacher preparing you rather than an enemy to be avoided. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we grow during painful seasons. We grow in ways that we would have never grown otherwise. So avoiding pain is far more dangerous than pain itself. So reframe the way you think about pain. Number three, rediscover faith. Reviving dead dreams is going to require you to take some blind steps of faith toward the dream that God's placed in your heart. Number four, refuse to die with an unfulfilled dream. Just make up your mind. You're not going to do it. Listen, I believe that God places righteous desires and he places righteous dreams in the hearts of his children. And those dreams aren't just about you. They're about people who are going to be impacted by that dream. Refuse to get to the end of your life with the lingering question of what could have happened if only I would have pursued my dream. Don't leave a dream on the table. Remember, you don't always get to choose what happens to you, but you do get to choose how you respond to it. And you don't have to do any of this by yourself. Jesus happens to be in the healing business. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. And he'll walk with us through our healing process. And as far as your dreams go, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Place your dead dreams in his capable hands. I promise he'll never leave you and he'll never fail you. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome back to Transformational Truth. Today I want to talk to you about overcoming lack. Here's the principle, okay? Never let what you don't have now determine what God said you will have later. I have discovered that lack can be really intimidating. It, it, it sort of feels like the minute you figure out what it is that God has created you to do with your life, you also realize that you don't have everything you need to do it. You realize that you might not have the money. You, you may not have the relationships right now. You may not uh, uh, have the experience you need to do what you believe that God placed in your heart to do. And in that moment, the appearance of lack can feel really intimidating. But listen, the biggest mistake we can make is to let what we don't seem to have right now keep us from what God's called us to have later. In John chapter 21, the Bible tells us that there were a few of Jesus' disciples that had been fishing all night long, but they hadn't caught anything. And Jesus shows up, and he stands on the seashore, and he calls out to them, and he asks them. He says, friends, don't you have any fish? And then he tells them to cast their net on the other side of the boat, and miraculously, the net becomes full of fish. Now, listen to me carefully. Jesus never asks a question that he does not already have an answer to. So when he asks a question, it's not for his benefit, it's for ours. 
He's trying to teach us something new about him, not trying to learn something new about us. So when Jesus asked if they'd caught any fish, he already knew they had nothing. Yet before he performed the miracle of provision that they needed, he went out of his way to draw a sharp contrast between what they had and what they didn't have in order to make sure that everyone realized that they couldn't make happen what Jesus was about to make happen. And I think that's one of the principles that Jesus is going out of his way to teach us in John chapter 21. He's not showing us that, spiritually speaking, we need to work harder, but we need to rest in the fact that he already has everything we need before we can see it. It's possible to be a leader, a pastor, a husband, wife, or business owner, and you ready for this? To fish all night, to do all of the right things, and still catch nothing. To not get the results you want or the results you need. And to say it's frustrating, is it an understatement? Listen, when this happens in your life, you're going to feel that sense of real frustration. And when it happens, it messes with your sense of identity. It confronts your fears, your insecurities. But maybe that's the point. Sometimes the Lord, in love, will prevent you from catching something in your own strength to protect you from becoming addicted to performance-based affirmation. Because sometimes you can do everything you're supposed to do, and it just doesn't work. And in that moment, your only option is Jesus. Your only hope is Jesus. Your only possibility is Jesus. And when the contrast between what you have and what you need becomes the most obvious, you're in position to experience the miraculous. Jesus does this over and over and over again. Right before he performs a miracle and supplies the abundance, the more than enough, he draws our attention to the reality of lack. He draws this sharp contrast between where we are and what we need. He helps us realize that in our strength, we can't produce what he's about to produce for us. He does this the first time he actually meets Peter. Peter was fishing. He had fished all night. He caught absolutely nothing. And Jesus said, hey, let's try it again. And at first, Peter is kind of resistant because he tried in his own talent, his own ability, everything he knew to do. He had been a fisherman his whole life, but he hadn't caught anything. But Jesus convinces him to try one more time. And this time, Jesus causes a miraculous catch to occur. The second time we see it, we see it when Jesus is feeding 5,000 people plus their families. And he asks them what they have. And they're like, well, Jesus, we don't have enough for this. And then Jesus does something pretty interesting. He gives them an assignment while knowing they don't have the provision they need to fulfill it. Why? He's once again drawing this contrast between purpose and provision. Because he's teaching us that what we need is only found in Christ and that he already has everything we need. And that there's no need to worry or be anxious or feel insecure because if Jesus called us to do it and created us to do it, he'll supply everything we need in time to do it. Over and over again, he draws our attention to lack just before he supplies abundance. So if right now you're listening to this or watching this and it seems like your nets have never been this empty, when you feel the most discouraged, when you feel most tempted to quit, I want to encourage you to take heart. Because when your lack seems the most obvious, you're in position to experience the miraculous. Never, ever, ever let what you don't have now determine what God said you will have. God's for you and God's with you. Thanks for joining us.
Thank you.